Well, Glenn is in uh, the Honduras. The Honduras. In Honduras. All of the Honduras. He's in <laughs> every last one of them. Um, so I get the pleasure of sharing with you guys today, this morning, and uh, we're ready to get rolling. All right. This is the part where if you keep talking, I give you a mic. It's a uh, silence across the room. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, Welcome. Uh, let's get started. I have uh, a few points that I want to make. And, you know, when you, when you uh, prepare things, it, sometimes what happens is you get this thought in your head, and then you get another thought in your head, and then another thought, and they connect in your head. And I hope and I pray that they connect when they come out. Um, that's what I hope for today. Uh, so my three, three points really are that we are uh, on a journey um, and I'm telling you my three points up front so that you can look for them, because they may not be totally obvious along the way. It's one of those. Um, but that we're constantly being called uh, from a place where we are far from God to a place where we're near to God. You know, the idea that our, our salvation is not a, it's not a moment one and done, you know, where it just happens, we pray the prayer, all over. It's a process, it's a journey, and we are always being called closer and closer into relationship with Jesus from a place that is incredibly far away at the beginning. Uh, things don't always go the way we expect. Even when we say, hey, I want to begin this journey, I want to start walking with Jesus, uh, we may, gosh, discover that what we thought that was is nothing like it was. We may start to build some impressions about who God is, and they may or may not even be accurate uh, against who God is. Um, but they often don't go the way that we expect, and we're surprised by that sometimes. And, and, some, and then we react to those things. So we respond and we act, or we respond and we react when things don't happen and as we see the journey in front of us. So that's what I want to talk about today. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Well, let's pray real quick. God, thank you so much uh, this morning for your, your presence here with us. God, that you are faithful, that you show up, that you... Uh, that you draw close to us, Lord, and you call us to draw close to you. I pray that this morning, uh, as we turn and look at your, your word, that we would uh, have a deeper understanding of who you are and who you've called us to be. Amen. So uh, this, is, this is a great uh, passage to start with, and we're going to come back and, and get into a little bit more detail on this, but um, this is Joshua 3.9. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says today you will know that the living God is among you. Isn't that awesome? Come and hear what God has to say, and today you will know that the living God is among you. Um, so this is a, this is a place in, in Scripture, there's, a, there's some background that's probably important to know, uh, that um, this is uh, after the Israelites have been in Egypt. So they disobeyed God a lot, uh, and they ended up in captivity in Egypt. And they were in captivity in Egypt for a very long time, But then Moses was called by God, and there were a number of things that happened that led him to that. And then uh, he was called by God to lead these folks who were in captivity to the promised land. Uh, You might say someplace far away from God to someplace nearer to God, right? Sort of what he was was doing. And then uh, there were lots of plagues. Uh, Things happened, you know, there was some frogs, there was lice, there was uh, hail, and there was death. And there was a lot of other stuff in between, there were ten of them. And then the Pharaoh uh, decided, get these guys out of here, and they were released from their captivity, this place where they had been held captive. Uh, Moses uh, then led them out of Egypt, parted the Red Sea. In the process, they 
they escaped the army, destroyed uh, really all of Pharaoh's army, and they were off in this place on the other side of the Red Sea. Well, then they kind of jumped back to disobeying God, and, and they wandered in the, the desert for 40 years, um, give or take. Uh, so that's what has happened leading up to this, at least in the, the immediate past. And now uh, Joshua is, has taken over from Moses, and Joshua uh, is, is supposed to lead them across the Jordan River and really into the Promised Land. So the Jordan River was really the divide, and when they crossed back into the, the land of Canaan, uh, that area, now they were in the Promised Land. Now, there's a, lot, um, there's a lot of work to do even once you're in the Promised Land, it turns out. Uh, so I think that, you know, in this, that we have some parallels in our story, that we have some parallels uh, that, that align with this, where, you know, we disobeyed God and, and we were in captivity. Just call it sin or separation from God or distance from God. We were in that place. Uh, then Jesus came, and Jesus came to really draw us into a place that was nearer, into the promised land, and really restore us, restore our hearts into relationship, a right relationship with God. So Jesus then uh, died, resurrected, and made a way for us to be restored back into relationship with God. Sometimes, even after all that, and we say yes and amen, and we follow after Jesus, we disobey God or I'll speak for myself. Um, and we end up in a place where we then wander around sometimes. Anybody else happen to anybody else? Yes. Amen. Amen. Um, and then uh, you may stop at different points in your life, and maybe uh, I hope and pray that today is one of those times where you say, maybe it's time to move a little closer. I've been wandering. Uh, I've been with God but I've been wandering a little further than I want to be. Maybe that's now. So another, uh, another story that I want to look at through some videos, uh, and, okay, I'm going to just say up front, it's a stretch, okay? I'm going to admit that one up front. There's a few videos here, and we're going to look at an, some other stories that I think parallel this that maybe we can connect to. I always connect when I look at, at videos, especially cartoons. It's hard when you're, when you're sort of making a comparison between our relationship with God and a child's relationship with uh, the, the number one villain in the world. Uh, and so it's, it's a stretch, but I think you'll see it. I have faith, okay? Uh, so if you all are ready, are you ready up there, Elliot? Okay. Uh, and you can do lights, that'd be good. while we were out? Hmm, let me think. No! Edith! What did you put on my desk? A mud pie. You're never going to get adopted, Edith. You know that, don't you? Yeah, I know. Good. So how did it go, girls? Did we meet our quotas? Mm, sort of. We sold 43 mini mints, 30 taco swirlies, and 18 coconutties. Okay. Well, you say that like it's a great sale day. Look at my face! Do you still think it's a great sale day? 18 
think we can do a little better than that. Don't you? Yeah. We wouldn't want to spend the weekend in the box of shame. Would we? No. No, no Miss Hattie. Okay, good. Off you go. Go clean something of mine. Hi, Penny. Hi, guys. Oh, man. The box of shame. It's terrible. It's terrible. Uh... So, uh, you know, a few, a few great lines that I think connect to us uh, at different times. Um, you know, when we're, when we're separated in that place, sometimes we, hey, did anybody come and adopt us while we were out? <laughs> no. No one came to adopt us while we were out. Um, you know, we do these silly things and we convince ourselves, you know, I'm never going to get adopted. This is never going to happen. Uh, and, um, you know, it's just we're, we also just find ourselves in this, this constant feeling of we're just not good enough. I'm just not good enough for this whole thing. Uh, anybody ever put yourself in the box of shame for the weekend? Yeah. Yeah. It happens. We spend our, our, much of our lives in this box of shame, and we, we create this separation between us and God and um, long for this place of feeling like we're good enough and, and feeling like, gosh, I'm never going to get adopted. Right? Um, we're going to look at a, a couple more clips here real quick. Uh, anyway, can we proceed with this adoption? So, so excited. Oh. Please tell Margo, Edith, and Agnes to come to the lobby. I bet the mom is beautiful. I bet the daddy's eyes sparkle. I bet their house is made of gummy bears. I'm just saying it being nice. <laughs> So expectations, right? We all have these expectations. I bet it's going to be beautiful. The house will be made of gummy bears. It's fantastic. Uh, did anybody walk into relationship with God this way? It's going to be incredible. Uh, hopefully you guys had enough of a balance that, that that wasn't you. But the point is that, you know, we have expectations that um, we have these expectations that may or may not be realistic about what our life looks like after we we walk into relationship with God or decide we're going to be on this journey. Uh, often it's just ideas about what we want and need that are from us, right? They're just our made-up ideas. And is it possible that those ideas may not be right? It's possible. There's that moment then when you meet the, the adopter. You're so excited, the adopter rather. You're so excited. Uh, and then, you know, then there's the time when you get to... Uh, kind of go back and settle in, and things sometimes don't always look like what you expected them to look like. So we're going to look at that, uh, and then we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. As you can see, I have provided everything a child might need. All right. Uh, okay. As I was saying... Hey! Oh! Somebody broke that. Okay. Okay, clearly we need to set some rules. Rule number one, you will not touch anything. Uh-huh, what about the floor? Yes, you may touch the floor. What about the air? Yes, you may touch the air. What about this? Ah! Where did you get that? Found it. Okay, rule number two, you will not bother me while I'm working. Rule number three, you will not cry. Or whine, or laugh, or giggle, or sneeze, or burp, or fart. So no, no, no annoying sounds. 
What? Does this count as annoying? <laughs> Very. So, you know, we have these impressions of our adopter. They may or may not be right, uh, and, um, but, they, but we respond to them. We react to those uh, in one way or another. It may not look like everything is being provided, so we just go ahead and hang on to those things, uh, some of what Donna was saying today. We just keep those. Uh, we're just going to be responsible for that. We're not going to trust God with that. Looks like he doesn't quite have it covered, right? Um, we need to hide our mistakes. Who of you uh, is that girl? Somebody broke that. <laughs> That's been me. <laughs> Looks like somebody broke this. Uh-huh. Uh, lots and lots of rules, uh, and you want to push those rules. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So can we touch the ground? Um, so you want to push that a little bit. Well, it says, you know, it says that I can't do this, but do you mean all the time or most of the time? Do you mean that that's what I want or that's just what I did? What, what is it that you're really after? And we kind of push the boundaries on this. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, some of us are that guy or that girl where they say, you know, no, I don't want any annoying noises. No, don't bother me at all. And so we get this impression of, of our adopter that the arm's length, um, but, but we still do the, I'm not going to do it right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I think that we create these impressions and then we react to them and we respond uh, to, uh, to those expectations in different ways. Um, so uh, let's get back to, to kind of this whole idea of a journey. Um, you know, we're all on this, on this journey in different places. So I'd say some of us, uh, some of us really haven't met Jesus. Uh, some of us uh, haven't met Jesus and, and we have this sort of crazy idea of what it means to follow Jesus. Uh, a lot of that we get from the crazy folk around us, uh, what that idea is. Uh, some of us maybe have been following him for a long time, and we still have crazy ideas of what it means to follow Jesus. Um, and you know, I think some of us have been recently surprised. Hey, this wasn't supposed to go the way it's going. I thought something different. I thought my life would be a little more in order. I thought it wouldn't be so hard to not sin. I thought it wouldn't be so hard to draw near to Jesus. I thought it wouldn't be so hard uh, to make him the center and the priority of everything I do. That seems hard now, and I didn't think it would be hard. Um, and some of us feel like, you know, we, we followed after Jesus, hearts on fire, things were great, and now I'm just a little tired. Maybe I'm wandering in the desert a little bit. I'm still with God you know, we're still, we're still there, I'm still following generally, but I'm kind of wandering in the desert a little bit. So back to uh, Josh and friends, just the, uh, this just shows you the, the path here a little bit. Um, you know, they started off over there in Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea, that's where the parting of the Red Sea happened there, and they wandered down. It was really helpful for me when Glenn put up the map, so I'm putting up a map uh, to, to see it. Uh, Mount Sinai is where we get the Ten Commandments. We wander up. And then there's that section called the wilderness. They spent a lot of time there. They got really comfortable in that spot. And then we're back up to crossing the Jordan River, and that's where uh, Joshua is right now. So I want to read the rest of that passage in Joshua 3. It says, So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, uh, went ahead of them. 
It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water, the, river's ed- the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away. It goes on to describe where it, where it backed up to. And then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. And so, uh, so what happens here that is one, one of the main points I want us to walk away with is that they'd spent all this time wandering around. They're in different places on this journey. And <clears throat> now they're at the place where they're ready to cross over. God has spoken to them and said, go across from this side over to uh, the other side of the Jordan River. I'm going to make the water stop for you. Uh, and, and then you're going to cross over and you're going to own the land. But I want to point out one little thing here that they walked up to the edge of the river that God said he was going to part, and it's overflowing. It is higher than it normally is. It's harvest time. Things are crazy. And God just said, I'm going to clear the water, and you're going to walk across. Okay, we walk up to it. It's flooding. I don't know about you guys, but I've been at that place where I walk up to the river's edge, and I go, it's flooding. I must have heard God wrong. I thought he called me to cross over this river, but I guess not. It's, it's full. Water's still there. It wasn't until their feet touched the water, right? That moment when they said, okay, well, God said walk across the water, and he's going to dry up, so I'm going to walk. And, and as soon as they touch the water, it dries up. But there's an act of faith. There's a thing that happens there in that moment where they, they take a step. Uh, God has promised them something, and if they stood at the edge of the river and threw up their hands and said, it's flooded, I guess I was wrong. They never cross. They never enter into that place of being closer to God. And, and that's the word I think God has for us today is that there's some action for us. We're at different places in this journey, uh, and maybe it's that we're completely separate from God. Maybe it's that we've followed him for a long time, but he's calling us into a deeper relationship with him. He's calling us into something, and he's saying, come on, I'm going I'm to clear the water. Come on, come on, yeah. <clears throat> and it's up to us to take that step and put our feet in the water, right? It's not the only time this happens. It happens uh, in, in Luke when Jesus is calling the disciples. Uh, so I, I won't read the whole thing, but, but I'll give you the synopsis. He... Uh, He's calling the disciples. He's teaching to a group, and he sees this boat, and he tells the guy that owns the boat, Simon, he says, hey, I'm going to get in your boat. Can you push it out a little bit so I can teach some more? And this is after they've all been out fishing for a long time, all night long. They're super tired, and they're empty. They have nothing in their boat. And so he teaches for a little bit, and then he says, hey, Simon, move your boat over there and throw your nets on the other side. And Simon, uh, God bless him for doing it, but uh, not without at least some clarification or uh, a little bit of talk back. Uh, You know, I've been doing this all night. And I think some of us are there too, right? Where we are in the boat with Jesus, and and he said, hey, uh, I've got something for you. I know you've been working all night. I know you've been trying everything you can try. Can Can you paddle over there and throw your nets in? And we go, I've been doing it all night. Come on, I'm tired. Well, uh, he says, he does it. Uh, 
he does it, and guess what? The results that he expected uh, were just completely wrong. God showed up. Their nets were full. Beyond what he could imagine, he's pulling everything in, and then uh, he sees what happened, and he realizes, and he falls on his knees, and he says, "I'm, I'm a sinful man. He realizes that the things I expected from God, the things that I thought were going to happen, my, my uh, expectation of disappointment was wrong. And I think that we've gone through a bunch of life and we walk into this with an expectation of disappointment. And God says, come on. It's, it's over and over again uh, that that in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there are stories where people are called to take a step. Um, there are times, certainly, when God does it for them, even sometimes when he does it to them. Uh, but um, there are countless times where he says, I want you to take a step. Um, to the priests, he says, walk into the Jordan. They put their feet in, and the water dries up. To Abraham, he says, take Isaac to the altar. Um, to Noah, he says, build an ark. I'm glad we're not being called to build an ark, uh, so I'll just say that one. Um, to Simon, he says, let down your nets on the other side. To Peter, he says, come out of the boat, and then Peter walks on the water. You know, he says to the leper, uh, go wash yourself in the Jordan River seven times. After washing, they're cleansed, right? He's, he's clean again. Uh, he says to the blind man, go wash in the pool after he puts mud in his eyes. He has to go do something. When he does it, his eyes are, are, are then restored he says to the ten lepers, go show yourself to the priests, and on the way, they're healed. These are all acts of faith. Um, God has called them to do something, and, and it's an action they need to take to, to be obedient and to follow after what God has for them, to fully receive the thing that God has set before them. Uh, the calls and the, the promise, the thing that he says is real. I don't know what would happen if they didn't go show themselves to the priest. Would, would they have been lepers still? I don't know. What if he hadn't gone and washed his face after that? Would he just have muddy eyes? I don't know. I don't know, but I know that they were obedient. They had an expectation that God was going to do the thing he said he was going to do. And they took the leap. They did it. I want to look at one more, one more video here as we, as we wind down. Get as close in as you can. You got it.
I got you. So there's a supervillain, so there's no, uh, there's no mistakes that God's made. So it doesn't parallel fully, but I think that's true in all the, uh, all the parallels that are made. They always break down because God is God. But, um, you know, there's a place where... Um, We're, we're being called to jump. And there's a, there's a promise that I'm going to catch you. And uh, we hesitate when we respond differently. Maybe it's based on our, our past. Maybe it's based on our expectations of disappointment. Maybe it's, it's based on just um, fear. Who, who knows? But, you know, when, that, when that's happening, we're at different places. You know, some of us are there in that place where you're... you're you're on the edge, and you're thinking about jumping. You're thinking, okay, God's calling me to something. I'm ready to go. Um, but you haven't jumped yet. Uh, some of you are in that sort of, okay, my feet just left the ground. I jumped, and I'm going, and, and I went for it. Some of you are in that place where you felt like you jumped, and something grabbed you and pulled you back in. Oh, man, that's the worst. That's the worst, but it happens. We, we delay, we jump, and we get pulled back in, drawn back into something then. And then the other stuff happens, and we feel like we're the one that's just free-falling right now. I feel like I jumped, and then things went a little crazy, and now I'm sort of free-falling, and I don't know what happened. I took my leap of faith, and where am I? And what I'll say is, wherever you are in that, I mean, know that the, the story ends this way. That um, wherever you are, that, that um, it's worth it to jump, right? It's worth it to take that risk. It's worth it um, to know that I might get grabbed on the way and pulled back in, and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to jump again. And in the end, know that you're going to be in the arms of your, your adopter, and he's going to say, I got you. I got you. So I think for us today, um, you know, there was a, there was a call in, in Matthew, uh, Matthew 4 where <clears throat> Jesus calls out and he says, come and follow me. And the rest of it is, I'll make you fishers of men. And he's calling them out. Um, but here's the thing is that it's not a one-time call. It's not a one-time call. Right? We don't just get called to respond in a moment. We are always constantly being called into a closer relationship with Jesus. We're constantly being called from a place where we are further from God to a place where we are closer to God. And uh, I, think, I think that today, um, some of us are, are feeling like we're in a place where, you know, I need to jump. I need to do something. I need to take my step, the thing that God's called me to, and respond. There's maybe a, a, an expectation or a hope that God will just do it for me, um, and that may happen, um, but what I'll say is that if you, if you actually make that step forward, God will be faithful. He'll be faithful in what he calls you to. Um, I want to uh, end um, in there, and I guess rather than do a, uh, a call-up um, for ministry time, I'd like to just take a few minutes and pray for each other, if we can do that. I mean, I think, like I said, I think that we are all on a journey and we're somewhere in this. Right? 
If you feel like you're not somewhere on this journey and, and you can opt out, you can probably get dismissed early then. Uh, you know. <clears throat> but let's take a few minutes and let's pray for each other. And you guys know each other. You know who you're comfortable praying with. If you see anybody by themselves, go pray with them. Invite them into your two and make it three. Right? Um, but let's spend a few minutes right now um, just praying that, um, that God will stir my heart and will give me the, the faith and the confidence and the, uh, the energy in my legs to jump and to make that leap right now. It, it's, it's time for you to jump. <laughs>